Welcome to QWERTY Writing Life Podcast, where we have candid chats about our creative lives. This is May. And I'm Joy. For more information about our podcast, monthly newsletter, or author resource series, visit us at QWERTYWritingLife.com. That's QWERTY, spelled Q-W-E-R-T-Y. It's the first six letters on your keyboard. So, are you ready? Grab your tea. Or your coffee. And let's chat. Hello, everyone. It's another week. Hello, and welcome. Joy and I are so happy to be with you here tonight, and we are going to talk to you about creative kits for publicity and for audiences. But before we do that, we're going to dive into our creative weeks. So, Joy, what did you do? So, I have been working on taxes. (laughs) Oh, I know you were expecting something different, weren't you? I was. <laughs> but here's the thing. So just, you know, to kind of give a little encouragement to others to just don't be like me. Like, just don't. Okay. So here's the thing. I did this brilliant thing. I mean, it was totally brilliant. Last year, I don't know when I came up with these. It may have been the year before. Anyway, I made these sheets to where I could keep it on the tablet that I carry everywhere and I can jot on there all of my financials, my expenses, my um, you know income, my everything from every month. It's broken down month by month for the whole year. Brilliant, right? Totally. I love brilliant. it. I know. And I did it from January to April. <laughs> and so, so as I was sitting down trying to pull everything together, I realized just how brilliant I was and how stupid <laughs> and how if I had just simply kept doing that all year long, all 12 months, instead of just the first four, I would have literally saved myself two days of work. So the moral well, of the story is don't be like Joy, okay? But also but the, the creative part like, is mm-hmm. <laughs> I've made these little sheets and they do work. They're great, but I just have to use them. I think you know what I'm going to say. Do you know what I'm going to say? I'm not sure. I can say it, then you tell me. Okay. You got four months that you didn't have to do because you used your sheets. <laughs> oh, look at you being all glass half full. Whatever. Look, it's going to take some transition time to really get into those sheets. And you did you did it for four months. Maybe next that's year huge. I'll make it to six. <laughs> if you make it to eight months next year, that's going to be amazing. Or six. Okay. Six will work, too. Either way, that's still like... Four months you didn't have to account for. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. No, doggone it. I'm <laughs> going to do all 12 this year. It's going to it's gonna happen. I'm going to do it because I've seen. Okay. You know, I think mm-hmm. maybe that's my thing. Like, I'm one of those annoying people who has to learn things the hard way. Yes, but you're also <sighs> one of those annoying people that when you set your mind to something, you accomplish it, which is like <laughs> amazing trash. So... <laughs> <laughs> For people like me who don't do that <laughs> as as well as you do. So I think you're going to do great and you're going to have all 12 months and we will reconvene next April. Yes. <laughs> and, hey, oh, but it is with. February. Now I will say that is a good thing because I'm typically like mm-hmm. knocking on the door of the 15th. So mm-hmm. in the United States, tax day is April 15th. So if you see a bunch mm-hmm. of people looking really frazzled. On April 14th in the United States. Now you know why. Yeah. Yeah. 
So it's what about true. you? I know that your creative week is way more exciting than mine. <laughs> um, so I'm really tired, but I'm really tired because every night that I've come home this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, not tonight. I did hang out with the fam today, um, tonight, but um, every night this week I came home and I worked on a form that I have to fill out for this big writing retreat in, sep- in September. And also I had to figure out how in the stink I'm going to get there. And it has been a really long drawn out process of like pulling, cause I've I've not flown very much. I sure haven't like done my own tickets. So every time that I've flown, somebody else has like arranged the tickets and done the travel stuff and, and everything. And I just like got a ticket in my hand and got on an airplane. It was very nice. And also I wish that that's how it was all the time. So I was super <laughs> nervous because I didn't know how to do it. And there is not an excellent way to figure out what flights are leaving from what airport. Like they like, okay, so in my dream world, if you if you had to say get a flight leaving from Gulfport Airport, you could just look up Gulfport Mississippi Airport. It would go to the website, and there would be a listing of all of the flights that were leaving from Gulfport Airport. That is not how the world works. Okay, so um, so it's just it's just terrible. Like I don't only I don't know. So I looked up all of the different airplane businesses that leave from Gulfport. And then I had to go to each of the different websites in order to see what options I had because I have to get there at a certain time. So I actually would have had to have gotten there a day early, stayed in a hotel and then taxied out an hour and a half to the place Um, and then not had a car for a week and then taxied back into the airport. It would have it it would have been really, really not it wouldn't have been bad. It would have been fine. But that was just a lot of money to spend to not have much of an experience. And I kind of really want this to be a bit of an experience. Like I don't get out much, guys. (laughs) So, (laughs) So I was like, I just wanna be able to I don't know, come home wowed, you know? If that makes any sense. The writing retreat is going to be amazing, and I'm so thrilled, and I will come home wild no matter how I get there. Um, but I would love to have a little bit of icing on the cake. So I decided I did a little um, kind of plan your trip situation on this kind of hard-to-use website. So I'm not going to tell you what it is because <laughs> <laughs> I don't recommend it. But, <laughs> but it, uh, it did kind of help me put some some pins in a map where I can – kind of see where things are and about how, how it might affect a road trip. So I'm going to try. This might be a very bad decision, but I've already made it. And, okay. and so It's so going to be drive. amazing. I'm excited. I'm going to go do things like see a waterfall and go to the Biltmore and like go to this indie bookstore that I want to go to and, you know, maybe Arlington Cemetery and some some other places that could be really cool. And just being able to look out the window and see something different that I've never seen before. I mean, that could really be a thing. Like, you're not going to be able to meet a strange gas station person in an airplane. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty geeked about maybe being able to branch out 
out a little outside of my comfort zone and experiencing something new. So that's so exciting. And you have no idea what kind of story fodder you are going to find along exactly. the road. Exactly. Yes. And that's, I'm going to a writing retreat, man. So I'm going to need to be, my creative will is going to need to be filmed. So <laughs> <laughs> that might be a little bit of an overused um, analogy, but it's so, so true. It is. And, and while I was filling out that form, I had to kind of, decide what project I'm going to bring and we'll have to talk about this off air because this might take a really long time but, <laughs> but um I've definitely got all the words like I mean all the words is like number one because it's the closest one to done but also as I was listening to Beholder and, and um listening to this book and then thinking about what Maggie Stiefvater writes and I was just like should I should I bring water novel? Like, I thought about that. I actually like, really did wonder about that. Like, that's what, that's like in their wheelhouse, man, you know? Yeah. And it's also a story of my heart. And I'm wondering if I should bring water novel. So, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have some time. I have some time. But because I had to do that, there, on the, there was a place on the form that where you put a summary of your projects. And so I did a summary for both, and I did a couple of comps for both. So Aww. we'll see. But, yes, we will have to discuss later and see what you think. I'm so excited. So I even got to work on – there was a lot. Um, so the boys had – a birthday party at the skating rink on Saturday. Mm -hmm. And so we stay at the skating rink. Birthday party is like an hour, but like for two extra hours, I sat in a little booth while they skated around because they love it. Like they love skating. Mm -hmm. And I worked on my little tablet and worked out some story for all the words. So That's so exciting. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not holding back. I I don't know if this is like a freedom because of the of the workshop or the, that's coming up or what, but it's like I have a tendency to hold on to things like, oh, that's a great idea. I'll save it. I'm like, no. I'm like, what am I? I'm Maggie Stevart is going to read this. I'm throwing that sucker in there. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. It feels good. It's good. Oh, I'm excited for mm -hmm. you. Yay! <laughs> it's good to be working on it and have this um, as something to look forward to because there's some other things that I'm not that aren't really thrilling right now. So, looking being able to have this to look forward to is great. That's awesome. Well, guys, we have a lot of really good information for you, and I'm not going to hold you up anymore. So tonight, Joy and I are going to talk about these creative kits for publicity and audience. And we think we've got some really neat ideas to share with you. And so we're pretty psyched about this episode. And we are continuing an extended look at ways to better our creative businesses. We shared our commitment to and love of fundamental standards with you guys a couple of episodes ago. And then last episode, we did a mini workshop of sorts in finding our business focus. Joy was a coach for me, actually, if you want to go back and see how that worked. <laughs> and so this last topic will branch off of 
is sharing, is what we're sharing now uh, when we thought more about one of our focus questions. And so here we are. Here was the question. How will this focus affect your audience and how can you drive the benefit of this focus to them? So, yeah, it was kind of that idea of the benefits and, you know, what is your focus and talking about our audience and, you know, where do we drive them and, you know, where do we want them to hang out and all of that kind of thing that led us to talking about this topic. So in this episode, we decided to cite in on a specific focus many creatives should have in their business. Something we think can make a world of difference for creative entrepreneurs, and that is creative kits for publicity and audience. Yeah. And so Joy really stirred the thought of all of this stuff because she's doing this with her own creative business right now. And I'm just a lucky person who gets to tag along on her journey with this because I'm not to this place yet. And so uh, so Joy and I have done a little bit of research onto some other people's sites. And also we get to see what Joy has in her mind whenever she thinks about creative kits and publicity kits. Um, so that's what we'll be chatting about. and. You know, it's also good to know why you need them. And then we're going to share some tips for making them the best that they can be, both in quality and in content. And, you know, also how to make them accessible because that's super important. (laughs) So first, let's lay some groundwork here and explain what these kits are and how they're different. So publicity kits are meant for the influencers in your field. Okay, so for authors... These are bookstores and libraries and sometimes other stores. Um, It also includes book bloggers, reviewers, things like that. Um, Across creative mediums, I feel like this would pretty much go across any, whatever your medium is. This would also include people who ask you to speak to their organization or school or podcast or something like that. And last, but of course not least, the media. So you might, press kit is probably a term that many people are familiar with, um, and that was kind of the basis of this, but it's gone beyond just the press. So if you hope to one day make a name for yourself, you're hoping to catch the eye of your local or state or national or international media (laughs) outlets, um, this is kind of what we're talking about. So whenever that happens, you want to be prepared with the information they'll need already in place, Um, not to mention all of these other influencers that are out there for you. Yeah. And also, if you are hoping for your art to be consumed by other people, (laughs) we are are also going to talk about audience kits. And now this might sound less familiar, but probably offers greater uh, flexibility and room for your imagination. So these are kits that you as a creator can put together to reach your target audience with some small samplings or gifts that relate to what you have made and reaches them and their interests. So like if they like you a whole bunch, you can put like little interview things where you talk about how you made certain things. It's really a lot of fun for the consumer and your audience to see a little bit of the behind the scenes and see a little bit of you in these kits. So two examples are book club kits for authors or a paint your own kit for artists. And I love that idea. If there are any artists out there who are listening and you have one, please email us the link because I probably will buy it. Um, (laughs) Um, but but more on that in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So yeah, so going back to um, the publicity kit. So now that we kind of know what these things are, what these two things are, what kind of differences are, um, let's talk a little bit more about publicity kits, which y'all, that's a hard word to say. All it right. Really is. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, your publicity kits can be further broken down into press and professional or influencer kits. So, they'll be very similar, and they're going to include much of the same information, but um, they might just have a few little differences. Also, for example, I have on my website separate buttons. So, at the very top of, like, I have a page that says media kit. So, if someone, if someone media related goes to my website, they're going to immediately be drawn to that because that's what they're looking for. Um, but when you get to that page, I have three separate buttons for press, reviewers, oh, actually four separate buttons, sorry, for press, reviewers, bookstores, and libraries. So that way, mainly I wanted to make it clear where they should click. Like a librarian, if they see press kit, they may not be very interested or they may not think it's for them. Um, and a news reporter is probably going to be turned off by something that says reviewer on it or something like that. So that was kind of my goal was just to make sure, even though each of those is quite similar at the end of the day, um, it was really more to make sure that they knew where to click and what was really for them and just make it easier to access. Yeah. So moral of the story, you don't have to create something completely new and original for your different branches in your publicity kits. That's kind of what I heard, which I think is a really good tip. Yeah, exactly. And the same with the creative kits, which we'll talk more about later. I don't want to jump ahead, but yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. You don't have to necessarily reinvent the wheel with everything no. because it can be overwhelming. And I'm glad that you mm -hmm. mentioned that because I do remember like back at the beginning, it felt very overwhelming trying to appeal to and have something for all these vastly different people who might need it. Um, mm -hmm. But it doesn't have to be that overwhelming. Yeah, for sure. But you probably could think about your audience a little bit too, and maybe have a little bit more of a professional headshot for like your media or your, your press or your librarian kit. And then maybe something a little bit more fun for your influencers and other reviewers, other people who yeah. reviewers and yeah thank you I'm sorry I couldn't think of the word for a moment <laughs> so you can still personalize it without having to reinvent the wheel too if you so choose to yeah hmm. I like that that's good stuff it is <laughs> so your press includes people like your media your bloggers your podcast hosts your bookstagrammers that's something for the writers out there um, people like that who are going to look at your stuff and kind of make a decision on if they'd like it or not um, and professional influencers include like libraries and bookstores other stores um, event chairs organization leaders people who might hire you to speak or something like that um, so we you just kind of think about those people have them in the back of your mind when you're creating your your um, publicity kits yeah and like may said these kits should by definition be more professional right? Like you were talking about with the headshots. Mm -hmm. And I like to think of it like, um, if y'all ever watched the old detective show Dragnet with <laughs> Joe Friday, he always said, just the facts, ma'am, just the facts. Okay. Especially <laughs> when you're dealing with the media, they want just the most pertinent information for their readers at the very top because they're busy. They don't have a lot of time and 
to be perfectly honest, if someone in the media is looking at you as an author, just speaking as authors, because that's my where I'm most familiar, um, mm-hmm. if they're lo- taking the time to look at you, then that's just amazing in itself. So they don't, they're not going to give you a lot of time. They're going to need it right then. So mm-hmm. very important. Also, you got 30 the, seconds to a minute yeah. to make a, make an impression. Exactly. The whole 30 second elevator pitch is, mm-hmm. is for more than just trying to get somebody to take your book on as a publishing company or whatever, or want to read yeah. your book. It's for every facet. So, yeah. And, you know, keep in mind too, that different media outlets require press kits or other information sent in different formats. Um, so respect their requests and be ready in case they can't use your easily accessible one button method. Uh, I have run into this with, um, it's just different newspapers. Sometimes they have things where they can't access certain links or that has to be attached or it has to just be in the body of the email. It gets kind of Mm -hmm. weird. So just be, just know that that could potentially happen so that you're ready for it and Mm -hmm. make sure that you, um, just follow their requests. Depending mm-hmm. on which influencers your kit is geared toward, you're going to include things like your bio and a little tip there. It's always best to include two options, a short one and a long one. That's kind of ideal. Um, your headshot, be sure to include high res for print publications. Anything web-based is going to just need a smaller low res file um, for easier upload. So, and I'll say just a little bit more on that in a second. Also, your book or your book's description um, and a list of your top links and always put your most important link on the top because they may only give you one. If they put any of your links, it could just be one. So make sure that you go in order of importance um, on your list. And so what I wanted to just mention, because I mentioned high res and low res and that might, some people might be like, what on earth is she even talking about? So with any kind of endeavor like this, there are going to be some things that you might need to learn. So if you don't know what those things mean, you're going to have to look into that. You might have to learn how to create zip files. So all of those things, if it sounds scary to you, I just want to let you know that it's not, I promise. (laughs) It's just a very simple Google and you will find out exactly how to do these things. And it literally is a couple of clicks. Okay. And as far as the low res and high res, If you've had your headshots done by a photographer, chances are they've already given you both versions. Um, If not, there are ways that you can get that done easily. So either online or going to a photo place or, you know, if you have a friend who happens to have Photoshop or something like that, um, you may not even have to have something as, you know, specific as a program like Photoshop, you can probably do it other ways as well. That was all really good information, especially for people who might not be super tech savvy as well. And, you know, things are, things are intimidating. I'm intimidated by technology, but most of the time I can, I can do the Google and I can feel a little bit more comfortable after I've run through it at least one time. So, uh, I think that Technology has also gotten a lot more user-friendly lately, too, because a lot of non-techie people are using tech these days. (laughs) So so if you weren't able to do it a few years ago, give it another shot. See what what you can find. 
Exactly. And you should also have easy access to each piece of these kits so that you can send them out from your phone whenever you're asked to. So you might be in a conversation in the grocery store and it might just be somebody who is an influencer in some way. And you get into a conversation, come to find out you're an artist. Hey, they interview artists. You would be able to have that in a really, uh, a really quick and easily accessible place. And you would not have to send it to their own phone. You can send it to an email address or something because a lot of people have smartphones these days. So another example could be that if you were at your library and the head of your, your local book club asks if you could send her a sheet with information about your book so that she can pass it on to her group at the night's meeting, then you get pumped up and you're like, hey, a book club. All of my dreams are coming true, but, but you got to be able to give them that sheet in order for it to get accepted for the next month's meeting. Yeah, that's so true. And, you know, something that happened to me was uh, I got asked to speak on a, an author panel, but the coordinator didn't ask ahead of time for a bio. Now, I kind of thought she might need it, so I did actually bring a printed copy, but had <laughs> I not... It would have been fantastic if I would have had that on my phone and I could have just sent it to her because sure enough, when I got there, she asked if I had a bio. You had a bio. Yeah. So most of the time, if you're asked to speak somewhere, they probably do want your bio. So even if they don't ask for it, go ahead and be prepared. That's just a whole other little tip there. But <laughs> So now switching over, audience kids, like we mentioned, can be much more flexible and creative. Honestly, your imagination is the limit on these. While you're brainstorming, May has a few questions for you to kind of keep in mind as you're thinking about what you might want to include in your kit or what your kit could look like for your medium. Yeah, and these were questions that kind of came up when we were looking for audience kit examples and we truly had a hard time finding some examples for this there were a few authors that had some for like book clubs or some secret interviews if you're a fan and that sort of thing but honestly this might be the next wave like we might be on to something here so <laughs> so here's a few here's a few questions for you while you're thinking about how to construct your audience kits the first one is, what can you offer? So do you have sketches of your brainstorming before you actually put paint to canvas? Um, do you have recipes that you tried and then marked out um, different things and changed different things until you got it exactly how you wanted it? Uh, do you have deleted scenes or maybe some POV choices that you didn't include in your book, but you still have them. And also your big fans are probably going to want to know what that person thought during this big scene. So another thing that we saw, a few of the authors had author interviews too. And I don't know if they conducted them on themselves or if it was like truly an interview. <laughs> that they that they um, were a part of and it's like a transcript either way I think works to be honest with you because there are some burning questions that can be pretty general for uh, creatives and artists whenever people are looking to um, to learn more about what they love um, so that was another option for you maybe think about how you can twist that in order to fit into your creative medium the second question would be, what would you like to receive 
from your favorite creative? And I love this question. I love this question so much because that gets you a chance, gives you a chance to fangirl or fan guy and really um, dig into what you love and who you love as a creative to see, hmm, what would I love for so-and-so to give to me <laughs> because I'm her biggest fan. Yeah, that sort of thing. <laughs> And it, it could, could be, be a lot of fun. that your favorite creative might have done something like this. So you could even go and then see, oh, and then you get a little gift for yourself and then you get more ideas for something that you can do. Yes, absolutely. And don't, um, don't poo-poo on the idea of having things that are digital too, because you might have uh, created a bookmark or something like that, that really flows well with your short story or your novella or your novel. Um, and you can put that into a PDF and allow your audience to print that off and laminate it and look at your fit at this bookmark that you made for them. Like you don't have to, you don't, you just got to open up your mind a little bit more to things that could be accessible and cool at the same time. So look into digital postcards, look into digital bookmarks, um, things that could really set your fandom um, apart by giving them something unique and special and made for me. Um, a third question would be, how can you make it available? So we're going to go into much more detail on this in just a minute, but I still want you to keep the question in mind. So, and as you keep the question in mind, think about these two points too. First of all, you want it to be easy to get to. Second of all, you want it to be beneficial to the audience and to you as well, because you're probably geeking about your characters too, as much as the people who read your stories, which is fun. <laughs> Okay, so I know we've already mentioned two medium-specific examples, like the book club kits and the paint-your-own kits, but you could do this with any medium. So we looked for authors who had examples of book club kits on their websites, and here are a few that we found to get your creative juices flowing. Uh, first of all is one of my favorite authors. It's Amy Harmon, and she has a book club kit, and the link will be in the show notes, but if you wanted to try to get there without having to get to the show notes, it would be author Amy Harmon, H-A-R-M-O-N dot com forward slash book hyphen club hyphen kits dot html <laughs> so that's one way you can get there there you go <laughs> <laughs> yeah so another one is lisa c book club kits and this is one of joy's favorite authors and so she is lisa c s e e dot com forward slash about hyphen lisa with an s hyphen C S E E forward slash book hyphen clubs forward slash. <laughs> you did that so well. <laughs> I'm so pleased that you enjoyed it. <laughs> so. You know, and like May said, I really expected us to find a lot more examples and I don't know. I really thought more people did things like this, especially in the author world, like, you know, book club kits and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. these are really two fantastic examples. So definitely check them out. And even if you're not an author, um, this can just kind of get your mind thinking about 
what you can do digitally. <clears throat> because I think, like May was saying, you know, sometimes it's hard for us to think about something to give someone in a digital way. So just go check them out and, you know, get those creative juices flowing. So now we've kind of come to what I think is like the million dollar question. Where should people have access to your kits? <laughs> so, and I'm going to go on a tiny soapbox thing for just a minute, but y'all bear with me. And I hope that it's going to be helpful for y'all because I'm going to give you some specific examples from my own um, author world. So while we have many options in our technological world, we recommend one place above all to house your kits, your central hub, a website that you own. Very important, a website that you own. I shared briefly about this in our last episode on finding your creative business focus. Um, it is vital to have a website, regardless of your medium. So doesn't matter if you're an author, painter, whatever. If you hope to have an online presence with which to reach your audience, you need to have your own website. Um, yes, websites can go into the tens of thousands of dollars. I'm not going to lie to you, but they don't have to. Okay, that is one option. Um, but they don't have to. You can get your own website with a domain, so that's the little web address, right? It's kind of like the street address, but your street address on the web. <laughs> that's a good way to think about it. Um, and you can own that domain as well for just as little as a few dollars a year, literally, for the domain. Um, I have three websites, and so this is where I was going to get a little bit more specific and actually give y'all amounts because sometimes I think it's nice to know an actual amount from a real person who's doing this. So I have um, three websites that I own the, the domain names and the hosting and all of that. And I pay for all of that. So it's author press and our website. So three, there are three different, uh, three different companies, hosting companies, two different companies with the domains. Um, so I kind of have some more understanding of different companies that you could use. So honestly, if you guys are looking into this and you're just a little confused with all the options, I'm happy to answer any questions. Y'all can email me anytime um, <clears throat> because there are pros and cons to, to each of them. So there we go. The good thing is I'm able to update, change, add, delete, whatever, any of them at any time, which is super important. Um, they are, like I said, through three different platforms with varying degrees of flexibility in the design and number of pages and how much support I get. Um, and they all have varying costs. So in total for the year, I spent $584.77 for one year for all three and this is the three domains and the three hosting um, on these three sites. So that's not bad. I mean, it's three separate sites. I'm not going to break down the cost any further. Um, that could be a chat for another day. But you can see that websites are an investment, but they don't have to break the bank. And they're an investment worth making because you maintain the control of them. They're yours. Social media accounts can be shut down and stripped for parts at the click of somebody's mouse and at the whim of whoever. Um, we've seen it happen so many times to a lot of creatives. While, yes, hackers and issues can exist for websites, the threat is less, especially if you've got a solid investment in your site host, 
like whoever's actually hosting your site. All right, now my soapbox statements are over, I promise. And I hope that they were helpful because, you know, that's my goal. Um, <laughs> we've established that your website is the best home for publicity and or audience kits. Now we've got just a few best practices for sharing those things that we hope will help you. The second best practice, of course, after hosting them on your own website, is to make them accessible. So no one wants to click five links to fill out a form to wait for an email to get, click on something else. And then are you sure that you wanted to click this thing? Yes. Yes, I wanted to click the thing. Okay. So, okay, that might be my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all feel that one. <laughs> So we just don't, we just don't want to do that. I don't want to do that as a consumer and I don't want to put my audience through that. So most sites allow you to upload files that can be accessed or downloaded by clicking one button or an image. Uh, and so that's kind of what you're wanting. You want that ease of accessibility. So you want to make sure that your site is easy to navigate with clear links to each page. So easy access equals more interaction with your target audience. And that's the goal here. Yes, it absolutely is. And then a third best practice is to make your kits look like or just look the best that they possibly can. You mm -hmm. have a number of options when it comes to the look of your kits. Okay, so here are just a few ideas and there could be more, but you could hire a designer. After all, if these are kits that you're going to be using throughout your career, the investment would be worth it. One downside to consider and then discuss with your potential designer is the ability to edit later, okay? Because you're probably going to change your bio, headshots, stuff like that multiple times throughout your career. So would you be able to edit these or would you need to get a brand new thing done? Second, you can use programs like Photoshop if you have them and you have the know-how. Um, I love Photoshop. I've used Photoshop since college, so it's kind of like my buddy at this point. I couldn't imagine life without Photoshop. And to be perfectly honest, like the free things that I'm going to mention in a minute, I have a lot more trouble using <laughs> than I do Photoshop. It's just because it's what I've been using for literally, mm -hmm. what, 25 years? Yeah, it's what you know. Yeah. Probably more than that. I'm not going to go any further than that. Anyway, a long <laughs> time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the third option is you can watch tutorials on how to use more easily accessible programs like Word or Pages, you know, because you can design things in those. Um, I tried to format a book in Word and <clears throat> now I have a formatter and I love her to death. <laughs> okay, let's just put it that way. All right. And then fourth, you could also use apps like Canva. Um, that's probably the most familiar to most people um, that you could make all sorts of things in just a, a free app like that. And then there's, of course, paid versions to it as well. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I used the free version of Canva for a really long time, and uh, and I finally upgraded to the paid version of it. I have no regrets. I have no regrets whatsoever. I use it all the time for um, for personal stuff, for professional stuff, for full time job stuff. Like I use Canva all the time, so <laughs> so it's worth it. <laughs> Another aspect to this practice is to make sure that your kits are thoroughly edited. So please, please make sure your commas are in the right place, that you didn't say pay when you meant to say play. That you <laughs> and it's not that you know, it's not really that 
errors are horrible. Um, so a lot of people will overlook them, but it depends on really your audience too, because if you are looking to have a publicity kit, then you sure don't want to have errors in that one, no matter what your, your medium is, because that's going to go out into the world. And that's going to also show those people how professional you are and what kind of quality you are. And if you have, if you have errors in your kits, then your quality of your art degrades. And I know that that shouldn't be how it is, but books really do, uh, covers really do sell books. So this is a cover for you and for whatever art and whoever you are. So you just want to make sure that that cover looks the best as it possibly can. Yeah. Make it count. Exactly. And, you know, after all, this might be the first deep look that influencers or an ideal reader could get or audience, not just reader, you know, whatever your medium, mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. could be the first deep look that they get of you and your work. So you definitely need point. to make it count. Yeah, for sure. The fourth best practice that we want to share with you is that your uh, about your kids is to remember who they're for and to include only the details that those people want. So for example, for your publicity kits, you don't want to put in there and include reviews of your book written by your cat. Mm. Newspapers aren't going to really get the humor, probably. I mean, some will, but probably not so much. But guess what? Your audience might really love it. <laughs> and oh, so you can point. put that into your audience kit. So that's an example because, yes, I do actually have little reviews written by Tolkien Cat, my little editor. Um, in my book club kits. <laughs> so mm. I was just going to give y'all a few examples of things that I have in my book club kits just to kind of help stir some thoughts. And then we're going to yes. have a QWERTY challenge. Love so it. Let's do it. a couple of things in addition to my adorable little Tolkien cat and his reviews where he gives paws, but he only gives four paws because my books so far have not had cats in them. <clears throat> um, <laughs> only dogs. He was a little peeved about that. But anyway, <laughs> I always include like a letter um, to book clubs and things like that. Um, some little Easter eggs or behind the scenes things that people might not pick up on or um, when they go back to reread, maybe now they will. They'll be like, oh, I know why she did that now. <laughs> things like that. Um, I'd have like Do social have- media graphics. Mm-hmm. Do you have the fact that you had an actual competition for the recipe for chicken and dumplings that you used in the book? Yes, actually. And so that's another thing that I have is for any good thing, I have the recipe cards and I have it made to where you can print them out and you can do them front and back and then you can laminate them. And yes, I, I have written in there about how the recipe for Mama's chicken and dumplings came to be. (laughs) <laughs> I love it. I love it. That was one of my favorite things because it was such a good way to get your community involved in supporting you as an author, but also Plus, to like I got to eat chicken and dumplings. <laughs> so many chicken and dumplings. So many. But yes, yeah, so you fed a, a hungry author and <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but and, so, and you can you repurposed all of that too. You got your community involved. Mm-hmm. You used the recipe in your book. You made the card, so it's in your book club kit. You mail those off whenever you have people who like purchase a book club kit. Is that how it works? Yeah, I have sent them to. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a book club 
in North Mississippi who ordered a bunch of my books for their book club, signed books, autographed books, and I included in there some printed copies of the recipe cards for them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, And now it's a part of a digital book club kit. Mm-hmm. I love how you have really used that resource in a whole bunch of different ways. Yeah. And I used it at my very first book signing. I printed some out to bring to that. Because my talk there was about Southern fiction and food. Like, you have to have food in Southern fiction. <laughs> and what's that all it's about? <laughs> it's true. So, yeah, it's been a lot of different ways to use it. So that's kind of cool and fun. <laughs> but I also have, like, social media graphics that are only in the book club kit for people to use. And um, bookmarks, which you mentioned before. I have specially made bookmarks that are only in my book club kits. So only my book club kit people get those. I also have um, playlists because I always have like Spotify playlists for every book. And so, for example, with my Any Good Thing playlist in the book club kit, not only is the link to the playlist, but I have it broken down because I have five parts to that book. And so you get to see which songs went in which part of the book. So, yeah, there's that. So those are a few examples. (laughs) I love that. I just want to say one more thing too. Mm -hmm. Um, So we, all of this was about things that have already been made. Uh, So all of these products and everything that we were talking about, the the kits were made afterwards, but I, you know, because I'm, I'm doing this writing retreat, it really gets me to thinking like what kind of things can I record along the way while I'm working on this project that could potentially be interesting to other people. But Beyond that, like recording your own personal journey on a particular thing you're working on could be really gratifying to you as well. And if you feel like you could repurpose some of that stuff, then all the better, right? Yes, definitely. And honestly, once I did the book club kit after the fact, now it's something that's in my mind beforehand. So I'm already thinking about what I would include or, or you know, things that I could do while I'm in the process of writing the book or, you know, whatever to include in future kits. So, yes, yeah. this is definitely something that, you know, don't worry if you didn't do it before for the first time. But once you do one, it's going to be easier to do it and to think of more, dif- you know, different things and um you know, things that are unique to that specific book and just having the opportunities to do things as you go. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of bring that up because it might be disappointing for some people who haven't made something yet mm-hmm. or who didn't do this, you know, before and don't, don't, didn't really have anything that they want to put into a kit. But Never fear. You're going to make more things because creativity is contagious. And so you're going to make more things and you can always plan to put things into these kits and your next project. So QWERTY challenge, right? (laughs) Yes. Okay. So the question is, do you have creative kits already? So if you have a creative kit already and you'd like to send us your link or the link to your website, we would love to take a look at it and see what you're doing with yourself. And we would love to become your fans. And we'll also send you our links if you would like 
too. Um, if you don't already have a creative kit, maybe start thinking about ways that you can incorporate some of the things that you're doing. Um, maybe some scrap paper, pictures of scrap paper is always fun and like random notes that you've written somewhere. Like, what did this even mean? I don't know. <laughs> but for some reason, the people who are, are um, like me and end up, end up being super fans of some, certain people, we like to see scrap paper. I don't know why. It's weird. It's probably not healthy, but we do. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, it's perfectly that healthy to like scrap it's, paper. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> scrap paper and stationery. I don't know what I don't know what it is. Yeah. But um, <laughs> so that's our challenge for you today. Share your creative kit or be thinking about how you can make your own. Mm -hmm. And let us know if you have any questions. We're always open to brainstorming, and we would love to hear what you come up with. Absolutely. <laughs> so have a great week. And go make something. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. We hope this episode encouraged you. Like all creatives, we thrive on consumer recommendations. So, please consider leaving us a review and sharing our podcast with your creative friends. If you'd like to continue this conversation, visit us on our website at QWERTYWritingLife.com or on Instagram at QWERTYWritingLife. <laughs>